welcome to None of My Friends Like Comics. It's a podcast where a comic book enthusiast talks to a friend about a piece of work in the medium, and we break it down to see if that friend, a first-time reader, will pull it or drop it. I'm your host, <laughs> Nick Poffenbarger, and my co-host today, podcaster on panel to panel, writer-reviewer for Nerd Initiative, and None of My Friends Like Comics alumni, Marty Stokes. How's it going, man? Wow, I actually get a sweet intro. That's awesome. <laughs> I feel super, super cool now. I'm going big Thank with you it. for that awesome intro. <laughs> of course. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, great to have you back uh, uh, today. Um, you're back for another Mark Miller book, actually. That was the first one we did. We did Red Sun together, which was uh, written by him as well. So uh, it's uh, yep. it's befitting that we are coming back to him. Uh, this show is like becoming a Mark Miller show half the time, but that's okay. <laughs> it's always there's always interesting. Uh, it's it's a trend on here, but I, uh, like I said, I'm okay with it. Uh, we we always have good conversations about his books. It seems whenever I bring them up, so uh, you know, love him or hate him, it's a it's a good conversation piece. So, but <laughs> but first, uh, let's hit the uh, listeners real quick, Marty with uh, where they can find you on the old internet and uh, what you've been up to as per yeah, usual. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm on 500,452 million social media fucking platforms that keep adding every day. Yeah. But at Marty Stoked, um, I primarily post to what I will consider calling and forever call Twitter until it dies, even though it's called like, I don't know, X now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> doing a little bit more on Instagram, but yeah, I post a lot um, on Twitter. Been doing a lot of writing for uh, Nerd Initiative, which has been a ton of fun. Um, was on a recent live stream on Tuesday where we interviewed David Peppo. Yeah, so yeah. Was, you were texting me about that. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was wicked cool. Um. Still doing uh, a little bit of panel to panel as time permits, but it's challenging with schedules with everybody's schedule, especially because yeah. there's three of us. So, you know, episodes drop when they drop. Surprise, you know, <laughs> it's a surprise. So if you guys follow along, you might get one every now and again, but we're not, you know, as consistent there. Um, And, you know, just uh, reading a bunch of comics and having a good time talking to talking to folks about them. And yeah, awesome. Getting getting ready for winter. Hell yeah, yeah. Well, I, again, I will. Uh, we'll hit that at the end as well. But um, I'll link it in the show notes and whatnot, so people can find your stuff and all that jazz. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and get into the topic at hand because today we are discussing the first and so far only miniseries for a book called The Ambassadors. And uh, this book comes to us from Image Comics. It premiered with issue one in March of 2023 and concluded with issue six in June of 2023. So again, we are very recent on the Mark Miller train here. We did Nemesis Reloaded, David and I, earlier, and that was only like a month or two after it came out too. So uh, he, he makes us be current on this show, which I ex <laughs> which I, I like to do every now and then. But yeah, uh, like we said, written by Mark Miller, Art by Frank Quietly. So many people. <laughs> Frank Quietly. So many people. Carl Kershaw, Travis Charest, Olivier Coppel, Matteo Bufagni, and Matteo Scalera. Colors by Frank Quietly, Michelle Asaraskakorn. I can't pronounce her name. I don't know, but it's it's a hard name. I thought my name was you hard to pronounce. You did a better job <laughs> than I would. You did a better job oh than I would. God. Dave Stewart, Giovanna Nero, and Lee Lowridge, and lettered by Clem Robbins. Uh, for a non-spoiler description... Uh, I think that actually the statement made on issue one does a great job with the pitch. Um, it simply just says, eight billion people, six can have superpowers. Who do you choose? Uh, because that is the concept we are dealing with here. It's the modern day, and somebody has cracked the code on how to give people superhuman abilities. This brings about the assembly of a team called the Ambassadors, 
just six people from around the world who are chosen to receive these gifts and act as peacekeepers. But all is not as it seems, for a truly virtuous act such as giving the six most deserving people superpowers would evoke some pretty strong feelings throughout the world, I think. And you got to think about how did they choose who is worthy? How did the powers even work? And are they truly the only ones who have control over this technology? Well, Mark Miller slapped together six of the best comic artists around to answer these questions. So <laughs> what did you expect going into this one, Marty? Well, first of all, um, this was like came right around the time 8 billion genies was dropping and I saw it like solicited and I was like, 8 billion people have six superpowers. I was like, well, <laughs> 8 billion genies, 8 billion people like, all right, well, I, I think it's a cool concept. And it's one of those things that like hooked me with 8 billion genies was the concepts, you know, it's a different way of what's been done to this stereotypical normal uh, superhero universe or genre in general. And I was intrigued as to what are the rules? Like, how is he going to, how, how is he going to handle it from a writing perspective? And, um, you know, with the cover of issue one, you know, it's got a, um, an Asian descent female with like the, I think that's Japan. The Korean. Um, Korean. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So close, but you know, I, I was, I was intrigued. I was like, Hmm, is this going to be uh geographical? Like what's going on? And, and I, I, it had my interest right, right out of the gate. I mean, I know some people love or hate. Mark Millar, but uh, uh, everything that I've read um, since I've been reading has been good, and I've I've enjoyed his work. I enjoy the complexities that he brings and and the things that he brings to the table. So I was like, I'm in. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think that the concept is is interesting. Like it's inherently intriguing. Um, even for a person like me who, as of like at least like the last, uh, I go through phases of this, you know. But like, um, you know, especially in the last couple of months, um, even when this book was coming out, I'm overloaded on superhero stuff. So I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I just need to like. I just read indies for a while or something, you know, like just something mm -hmm. totally different. And um, I, I love superhero stuff as relevant from like this show. I mean, uh, half the stuff that we cover is superhero stuff, but I, I try to do a, a good balance. But, you know, th people think comics, they think superheroes, and that's only really a part of it, obviously, you know, <laughs> but uh, it's right. just the most popular uh, uh, form or genre within the uh, medium. But but yeah, I mean, like I was kind of like not in the mood for even like an indie superhero thing at this time, but I was curious at enough at the concept. And honestly, I saw that the, uh, the art team, which, um, if you couldn't tell from me listing the artists, um, this series has a different art team, every issue. And we will get into that and our feelings on that, um, as we go and in the overall thoughts and whatnot, but needless to say, the, uh, caliber of the artists that he has on this book was like, holy shit. Like, you know, <laughs> like it was just like, all of these like guys are great. I think three out of the six I am very familiar with and have read like long-standing series with them doing the art. Um, and a couple of the guys I had only really seen like you know like covers, but I was like familiar enough that I knew their work. And one guy I didn't really know at all, but uh, he he turned out to be pretty damn great, you know, <laughs> in the mix of all these. But um, yeah, I mean, um, it's just kind of one of those things where I I I wasn't too in the mood for this but because i was like oh kind of on a recent mark miller kick um and uh been kind of enjoying like his newer stuff and he also had pointed there's there's an element too where uh he said that this was one of the big series that was going to be leading into his crossover big game which at the time of this recording is only halfway done um so we don't know how that pans out yet but uh <laughs> but it 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 has appeared to be somewhat important at least to what's going on with that crossover so uh yeah you know that's that's all in to say that like you know i i think that uh you know i agree with you in the way that like the concept is interesting and uh you know i i 
with a caliber of art team like this, I thought it was at least worth checking out the first issue and it hooked me. So I was, uh, so I finished it out and um, I was glad to, uh, but yeah, um, I guess we can just uh, jump on into the story section here. So uh, this is where we recap the book at hand, beat for beat, tell you what we thought along the way. And that means full spoilers ahead. You've been warned. First things first, with this being such a new series, as we just kind of said in the expectations, Marty and I read this as it was coming out. So technically, right. there, there's no real first time reader here on this episode, but it's a pretty different experience reading this all together as we both did before doing this. So I think it's worth talking about. Plus, it will be relevant when we cover the uh, inevitably cover the big game crossover on this show, probably with David. We talked about doing that for a while. But um, uh, all that being said, me and Marty are going to do something fun and kind of split the story section duties. So I'll be doing the odd issues. Marty's going to do the even figure it'll be a fun change up and it puts less on my plate. So thank you, Marty. But. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but let's get going. So issue one is the Frank quietly drawn issue where, uh, you know, he does the art and the colors as we were just talking about as well. Um, uh, there's a secondary colorist on there, which is a little confusing. I'm not exactly sure what portion of the work or what percentage of the work they did, but it is uh, Frank quietly. Nonetheless, Frank quietly. Uh, we'll touch on the artists a little bit and just like what I know about them, at least uh, as we go along. But um, Frank quietly, probably the most famous artist in terms of comics, uh, on this series he is most known for his work on uh, all-star superman with grant morrison which is like the seminal superman story that everyone points to everyone loves and rightfully so it is a great book one of these days we'll we'll do it on the show at least um uh, and marty if you haven't read it i might have you guest on that actually but <laughs> i have not read it oh that might be a really good one then for you to do that would be my second Superman book. Oh yeah, yeah. Next to Red Sun. <laughs> <Next to Red Sun. laughs> yeah. So Frank Quietly though um is kind of known for uh, ironically enough, uh Elena and I talked about Frank Quietly unprompted um on the episode we did a couple back um on uh, Lock and Key. So Lock and Key is not drawn by Frank Quietly, but we were talking about how Gabriel Rodriguez had a real talent for drawing like ugly people. <laughs> and like mm -hmm. just people with like really distinct like kind of odd facial features and that always brings to mind frank quietly to me because he just draws shit and it just looks gross and like grimy and like not in like a bad way it's like it's totally on purpose but it's like it just makes you feel kind of fucking icky <laughs> like when you read it the way he draws people and stuff i'm always like Ugh. like it's just like everyone's just weird and non-perfect and i'm like I, I don't know i i dig it and i think that he's great at it but I understand if people don't always have that impression of him. But anyway, Frank quietly doing the art. We start off, we see a bunch of uh, modern day kind of, I, I did this a little out of order too, but I'm, uh, basically this issue, uh, if you're starting from a story perspective, there's a bunch of like modern day high profile military guys and they're being given a briefing, right? So basically this is where like the retcons come in of this world. But during the space race and the Cold War, Russia and the United States weren't just engaged in racing to the stars or like a nuclear weapon acquiring stalemate. They were also in a race to produce superpowered humans as the next phase of war slash, you know, national security. Uh, nobody was really getting results early on, and the project was shelved in the 60s. And there's kind of a humorous jab where uh, <laughs> he writes about how the United States tried to like fake footage of a Superman like character, like they hired out an actor and made a bunch of propaganda footage, um, but uh, it never looked convincing enough. So they just kind of gave up on it and like didn't do it <laughs> or release it. They brought the project back, though, in the 80s during the uh, Reagan administration, mostly because this is a Mark Miller book. So everything important happened in the 80s because that's what he remembers. And uh, they actually uh, had some success, though, this time around with a boy named Jamie. And Jamie's like a Scottish kid, but he's not necessarily the ideal looking uh, 
Superman guy. Uh, when we see him at first, he's sort of like a mutated into like a half human, half monkey kind of appearance. Uh, but yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> but he like exhibits these like great psychic powers. And this is my major point here talking about Frank quietly drawing ugly things. Uh, leave it to Frank quietly to draw a disgusting looking monkey boy. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he looks great. But yeah, it's just like he's just like it's just gross and grubby and like just Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, he. <laughs> guy's got a lot of wrinkles going on he and does, he's right? got a sweet like eye and that was one of the things that I, I really liked where it showed the perception of what the monkey was seeing yeah and he sees like the monkey data. was like looking almost robotic yeah almost robotic like in certain cases which i thought was really cool and i really loved in that exchange with like that special agent where he was like giving him sk- like negotiating skittles yeah yeah he wants can- to, to get to get into the truck uh-huh. and then he was like I want to make sure we listen and, you know, we listen to, uh, you know, some good music. And they were like joking around as to what album to to listen to. And I, I thought that was I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, it's some good little character building. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, because yeah, like Marty was saying to this flashback, it, it, the story is like basically like he, he gets out of like, you know, his captivity and uh, he's trying to get some candy out of a vending machine. And uh, there's an incident where he's almost run over and he psychically like or uh, telekinetically, I guess, uh, uh, lifts, it. lifts up truck. a truck yeah. with his mind. Yeah. And um, he's calmed down by his handler. That's the guy who Marty was talking about. His name's a- Agent uh, Agent Tomes. And uh, he's taken basically back home where he belongs, you know, after they negotiate. And uh, Tomes works for what is called the uh, Department of Extra Normal Operations. And, uh, you know, like I said, this is stuff that, like, the military guys are being briefed on. And at this point, they're like, why are we talking about this? And the one giving the briefing says because someone finally actually cracked the superpower code. Uh, they also give some exposition on Jamie, um, like what happened with him after that, because that was back in the 80s. And uh, they say that he died of radiation poisoning before he was even eight years old. Uh, they also talk about how uh, Reagan and Gorbachev uh, put a stop to these like superhuman experiment programs after they had like a secret treaty. Basically, they were like, oh, you know, ceasefire on that. Like, just just bury that. It's fine. Uh, but yeah. Uh, None of that seems to matter because a private citizen has figured this out. Uh, One of the military guys, though, is like, awesome. Like, I'm sure we can work something out. Like, he saved us a lot of effort. He's surely going to help us out. We're his government or whatever. But the main guy is like, uh, it's not that simple. First of all, it's a woman who cracked it. And second, she's not American. And it's like, oh, shit, you know? (laughs) Well, what's what's crazy, too, like, I, I, which I found hyper interesting about this whole thing. Now, I didn't look up Operation Blue Sky, if that was legit a thing, but I'm guessing it was because because Mark Millar does his research. And but I did look up like like the Bonzo program or Bonzo initiative or like uh, Mm -hmm. how he named it after um, the time for Bonzo was a 1951 American comedy film directed by Fred DeCorva and it starred Ronald Reagan. Yeah. It was in it and and a chimpanzee named Peggy as Bonzo, which I was like, uh, he put that in and I was like, there's no fucking way it's real. And then I looked it up and I was like, get the fuck out of here. It's real. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So like, like that, those little tidbits, I love how, like writers like do the research um mm-hmm. and and really put in those those things because i remember the first time i like when i re- read through it i was like okay whatever like yeah. sure it's a made-up thing i'm not gonna look at it. and then yeah. yeah and then when i read reread it i was like i gotta check to see if this is real and it was and i was like yeah that's right love it yeah he, he likes pulling stuff that, like that every now and then and putting it into like you know a 
kind of contemporary retcon type thing and uh you know this is the perfect kind of story to use like you know some real world stuff and just kind of like you know fiddle around with it a bit and like <laughs> i think yeah. he does that really well in this setup issue for sure uh but yeah at this point uh we jump to south korea and we meet basically our main character if not our through line character chun he and chun he is a scientist who for many years worked on projects that had the goal of giving people superhuman abilities. Uh, she worked on these projects with her now ex-husband, Jin Sung. However, Jin Sung is a total Mark Miller bad guy, so he is an irredeemable piece of shit. And basically... He, <laughs> yeah. he sucks. <laughs> yeah. We're going this guy. Yeah. He fucking sucks. He's the worst, yeah. But basically, uh, when when those two came close to kind of cracking the superhuman problem. Uh, he framed Chun He for fraud and got her a life prison sentence. Uh, but Chun He is smart and she kept kind of the most vital information close to her chest and Jin Sung was left to his own devices and w had very little, if no success, really up until this point. So she also had her trusty assistant, uh, Oksana Petrov, managing things from the outside for her while she was in prison. Uh, so she kind of retained like a fortune and some assets and things like that. Uh, so basically, Chun He orchestrates this thing uh, through Oksana, where uh, she invites all these people like press, politicians, like all these people to a facility uh, called the embassy in South Korea. And she basically does the Tony Stark thing where she like flies in and it freaks people out and stuff. And she explains how she's created a data bank of superpowers and has been using them the past several months in secret to kind of test it out. In fact, one of the first scenes in this issue is one where a plane goes down over Antarctica, but it does so over like this sprawling, like huge headquarter base that Chi-Hoon has established um, or Chun-Hee, excuse me. It looks like a futuristic kind of mystical city. It's like super cool, like very like Blade Runner-y or something like it's a. I did. It, it. kind of reminded me a little bit about the first thing I thought of was Thor's um, floating city. Oh, Asgard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, like going up into it with it, it has a similar um, side, so, somewhat similar, but it's like not floating. I don't know. That's the first thing that I thought of. But yeah, yeah. I, I really love this whole splash page with the plane. Oh, God, um, yeah. It's it's such such a well done drawing, like definitely could be a poster or whatever that you put on a wall like for a futuristic looking city. And I mean, I thought, you know, in, in getting into the art a little bit, I thought the art of this issue was really I enjoyed, yeah. enjoyed the art, enjoyed the colors. Um, Quietly is is very good at like um, those like massive scope kind of panels like that, like the plane you were talking about. Like, it's just like and the plane, like going into the water, too, was mm -hmm. sick, like yeah. the way that it was like exploding on impact. Yeah. It's and, awesome. <laughs> yeah, super, super cool. And then the perception of like looking inside from the plane or whatever was was cool. But like, yeah, lo love the art in this in this first issue. I love that, too. Yeah, that's such a good, good just moment there. Like it just makes it like really widescreen, like big comic type thing, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, like, yeah. Uh, anyway, d during uh, Chun He's revealing, uh, one person actually asks why she isn't in jail. And we get a convoluted as fuck plot point here. Where basically Chun He is in fact in prison in Korea still, but she like grew or built this other body she refers to as Chun He 2.0. And she's yeah, it's funny. And she's currently, like as she's speaking to these people, downloading all of her consciousness into it. And she addresses her ex-husband like specifically in like, you know, because this is all being televised and stuff. Um, and we see him experimenting on a body with like a group in a creepy lab. And uh she says how 
she's going to put his company in the ground and follows it up by saying one of the most Mark Miller lines ever, which is, you don't fuck with the world's smartest woman and walk away with your balls intact. Oh my God, I had that in my notes. I was like, we got to talk about that. <laughs> That's a there very- are so many good, so many good lines. Love this threat. That's before a- she kills herself, right before she like <laughs> kills herself in the, like with a gun to her head in, in prison, she, she says that. And then like, as a quick rebuttal, like her ex-husband's like, she's such a fucking drama queen. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ, Mark. <laughs> but, but what's crazy too, though, like going back to the references, um, mm-hmm. like the 2.0 references right afterwards, she, she's like, before I turn this in a Park Chan Wook, uh, affair. And I was like, who the it, fuck is this yeah, guy? Yeah. There's a lot and of, <laughs> I looked him up and, and he, he exists legit. And he's a South Korean film director, mm-hmm. screenwriter and producer. And he's considered one of the most prominent filmmakers of South Korea. And I was like, ain't that some shit? Yeah. Like that's a, that's a nice little, little dig to put in there. Cause like the first, you know, first time you read through some of the stuff, you're like, okay, sure. And then, you know, once you do a deeper dive, it's like, all right, well, I want to really understand like what the hell this means and like how this is relevant to the story. And like, I'm glad I did because it just makes that line so much you know, so much better. Yeah, he was definitely having a lot of fun with the references in this uh, in this series in general, just because he gets to play with all the different uh, uh, nationalities and cultures and stuff like that. You know, like it's uh, you can tell he 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 took a, he took a bit of time to be like, oh, what can I do like cool with this? What like what's a what's a neat thing that like you know they talk about in this part of the world or whatever? You know, <laughs> and so but yeah, I'm a, it, it as Marty said, like after she proclaims that she shoots herself, her original shelf dead. <laughs> Um, and uh, so now she's just in this younger, you know, superpowered body. Um, Chun He then lays out her plan to the world, saying she is looking for fellow people to become superpowered heroes. And she says, quote, I'm not just here to exact my revenge. I'm here to tell you about a competition I'm launching. My ex wanted to sell powers to the highest bidder. I want to give them to the most deserving and ask them to join me in a rescue squad I'm putting together. You don't have to be a billionaire to join our team. You don't even have to look good in Lycra. I just want to find the most altruistic people to be ambassadors for each of their individual countries. And we see the uh, president in the White House reacting in a cynical moment where he's like, let me get this straight. She doesn't want she doesn't want to militarize this or get money. She just wants to find nice people. That's terrifying. And you're like, Jesus. <laughs> and we then end the first issue, seeing a guy in a South African bar, him and the bartender talk about the news, and he seems unsurprised that any of this is happening, and he says it's been a long time coming. Just then, some heavily armed SWAT-looking guys try to rush in on him, but he says he sees them, then begins a psychic attack. They all kind of keel over after having their skulls caved in telekinetically. Frank quietly draws gross shit so well. Jesus, that's an unsettling Fucking scene. loved this. They just like, oh my God. They land on the ground and their skulls are just crushed, like caved in. Like, you know, obviously it's not like a physical thing because like he's doing it, you know, telekinetically. But like, yeah, you just see their heads like turn inside out and stuff. It, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. I mean, the blood is bubbly like to show you like how intense it was of like just like boiling the brain for crying out loud is fucking nuts yeah and like so but he and then he uh he exits the bar and uh leaves one guy alive as he says that he had to have someone left to cover his beer tab and uh yeah that's the end of issue one so uh marty well 
take it on over to you for issue two. This is the uh, Carl Kershaw drawn issue. I guess, what, do you want to talk about the art the artist real quick or what I know about him? <laughs> yeah. So, why, don't you, why don't you dig into that? Carl Kershaw, I know from a series, another image comic series called Isola. And um, Isola uh, only lasted, I believe, 10 or 11 issues. Um, and honestly, has some of the most like beautiful comic art I've ever seen in it. Um, and he is the artist slash co-writer of that series. Um, and uh, I love his work. This is actually um, the colorist on this is the colorist from Izola as well. That's the one with the uh, name that I had a hard time pronouncing. Uh, Michelle, Michelle. Asarasakorn. Yeah. I think it's something like that. But um, same team uh, that worked on Izola. Um, if you just if you're listening to this and you just Google Izola, like I-S-O-L-A, um, and look at the covers even the interior art is very similar, um, but it'll be a lot more lush because the colors, they try to do like a palette thing where it's like, it'll be a character with like a stark background, but it's just breathtaking shit. And it's a, and it's a pretty cool book. Uh, it's sad that it didn't continue because it kind of ends unfinished, but I still think very much worth picking up. Yeah. So I'll, I will dig in a little bit to the art it, and compared to the previous issue, just because we kind of are alluding to this. I liked this art better than the first issue. Kershaw, more bit, than, yeah. Yeah, th- I like this one be- better than issue one. Um, the art was a little more comic-y, but it yeah. was super vibrant and colorful, mm-hmm. but still, like, it was it was, it was was well done. Like, some of the scenes in there, which we'll get into, were, were insane action scenes in, in the way that they were both drawn and colored, like, with the guns and stuff like that. And getting shot up but yeah in general i I like this the the art uh, much better than the previous issue and i think the first issue took from a flow perspective very traditional layouts Mm -hmm. around just the square paneling rectangular paneling you know normal six block three 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 you know side panels this one takes um a more i'll call it more modern approach that we see in more modern comics today where the action scenes are you know, diagonal in certain mm-hmm. ways to help convey the chaos in the scene. And the panels are split in ways that are like in triangles or in yeah, you know, or they're weird like, shapes. Or they'll be more like diagonal, like they're not like straight yeah. blocks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I definitely noticed that it's, uh, I think overall, I guess you could just say that it's, it's more modern in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kershaw compared to quietly, but, um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's probably the biggest change from issue to issue. I think in the whole series, um, at least in terms of like the art switches, because from here on out, most of the guys are pretty more along this kind of style, at least of layouts and and art, I guess, in general. Um, They all have their own flavor, but we'll uh, get get into that. Yeah, (laughs) there's there's one in particular that. uh, Yeah, we'll talk talk about it. But yeah. yeah. So. um, So, yeah, if you want to get into this one, um, the uh, because this starts the trend here of the bulk of the series, which is, um, which is really character focused issues. Right. Right. We get, uh, one character per issue, uh, essentially, or one, uh, country per issue mm-hmm. throughout this. So, all right. So this issue opens up in India where we have two guys who are working in a phone store. Mm-hmm. Uh, the younger one's named Binyu and he's bitching about a girl named Gita who <laughs> yeah. he has a crush on. <laughs> yes. And he's basically, you know, talking himself about asking her out. 
she even works like at a at the mall. Yeah, she works, works at the same mall, <laughs> same mall, different store. And he is he works in a, in a phone store. Um, this this kind of reminded me a little bit about high school drama, you know, stuff that I can you know relate to, where you complain about a significant other person, and your friends just basically bag on you for stop, you know, being a being a little girl, you know, a little bitch about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> essentially. But um, and his buddy kind of does, but he's but he's nice enough about yeah. it. He's like yeah. he's like, dude, just do it. You know, just ask just her. Do it. Yeah, <laughs> just just do it. Like, and then like all of a sudden, right? Ben used drink explodes in his hand that he was drinking um like on their break or whatever and uh was destroyed by what we found out is a stray bullet um gang rolls in starts shooting the place up and this is where like i was talking a little bit about the action sequences with the with both the lettering with the baraka 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 and and the explosions (laughs) on the bodies you know it just it just lit everything up and made everything hyper excited and 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 shows showcases great action because i mean if you think about you know gunfire it mini explosions the whole paneling and 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 colors are going to be are going to be a little bit lighter you know this gang comes in is wreaking havoc they're like Uh, a terrorist um, group or something they yeah he like cites a specific incident like and he's like you know we're gonna yeah we're gonna close this area or whatever yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. and then um basically what what ends up happening is some explosions you get some big big action seekings and and then you know then you realize this they have his girl the girl that he likes. Oh no, they got they got Gita, uh, or or his his buddy tells him that, and and they're like, you know, the police tries to come in to try to calm down the whole situation, and um, you know, the gang member, you what you were saying is basically saying, hey, we're everywhere, like we're in your hotels and department stores, and today is the anniversary of this guy's name I can't pronounce, and yeah. this is for <laughs> all of the incidents that bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Yeah, I'm a terrorist, and I'm just gonna blow everything up. That's kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Binyu has this stupid fucking idea of, hey, take me instead of her. Like, I like I secretly love her. He doesn't say this out loud. but like <laughs> It's stupid, but it is like, selfless and, yeah, and, and nice. It's a selfless <laughs> act, right? Yeah. And nice and say, hey, she comes from a good family. I'm just some dumb phone mall guy. Yeah, he's and not, then, he's not a know, confident guy. That's the whole no, thing. Like, you know, it's no. uh, he just he doesn't think he's worth shit, you know, and. That's yeah. kind of the important part of his character. <laughs> right. And 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 the terrorist guy is just like, are you kidding me? Like, you seriously want to trade places? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Like, like, what's going on? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And he's like, all right, fine. Your call, hero. But, uh, you know, if you do something stupid, I'm going to kill you. And then all of a sudden, he, he just fucking shoots him anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's like, like dumbass. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then, like... Like the gang's cronies gets like all mad at him. He's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, why did you do that? You completely screwed everything up. And then next thing you know, everyone gets lit up Mm -hmm. in the gang. And, and, you know, he's basically lying what looks to be basically dead. Like his eyes look like they're. Yeah, he got shot in the head. Like, not like, like, you know, point blank, like, you know, but it like it definitely grazed at least the top of his head, you know, and and we find out later he was shot a couple times. So it's. Yeah, yeah. 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 And but, you know, Gita's like, oh, we can't leave him behind. Make sure you call an ambulance. And then and then it cuts back over to another ama- uh, another amazing picture of the base uh, on Antarctica. Yeah. The control like headquarters. Con- it looks right. so cool and in this image. So, yeah. sick. <laughs> so sick. Love it. I love how it's I love the colors and the difference. It kind of re- like it's at night and like Antarctica, you know, with the stars. And it was just, uh, amazing. Amazing. And, you know, we cut over to that. And you have um, uh, Shang Wu's uh, assistant, right? Yeah. Basically, that's talking to him about Oksana. Uh, hey, you know, yeah, Oksana, where 
we had 2 million applicants in the first first four days. And everybody that is anybody that knows anything about superheroes is applying. And she's looking for the standouts. She looks like, hey, who, who are those people that, that can stand out? Because that's who I really want to um, to be a part of this program. Mm-hmm. Um, so it cut from there, like it cuts back over essentially to, you know, after talking about it to you see Binyu on the operating table. Um, and she's like, I like that Binyu guy from the Delhi Massacre uh, or Delali. Del- I can't even pronounce it. Del, Del, Del High Massacre. Um, he is an exceptional, but she likes him essentially. And that's sometimes that's enough. Yeah. Like, this yeah. whole character. So what's perceived as a week later, um, he's up and walking around and she's trying to talk to him about his superpowers or, or how the superpowers work. Um, yeah, this is where we get the, out, the big old exposition yeah. dump of how the powers work. How, what <laughs> like, are the rules? Yeah, that's what, what I are put the rules? Yeah. Rules. We get the rules here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, traditional paneling, which is, which is good. Um, but then like he's, it goes into like him trying to understand uh, the power bank and the rules along with those powers and how you have to have security clearance and you can only have three powers at a time to prevent like basically one person from being too powerful. And he yeah. goes through a quick training and he figures it out real quick, like su- super, super quick. Um, I-, I do like the paneling as he's looking at the power bank. It's like super angled where he's like trying to figure things out. And I almost like equated that to like, I almost had to read it on an angle. And like when you're like, you know, so some people are thinking about stuff and they like tilt their head to the side. They're like, huh. Uh-huh. Like that's kind of how I thought about that. I don't know why. Wicked weird. It makes you, it makes you, it, yeah. Because it, it forces you to do this a little bit. And you're like, huh, well, that's different. And and yeah. he literally says, are you sure this isn't a gag? Like he's really trying to think about it. So I thought that was a, a cool thing that I got out of the reading personally. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if other people are going to get that, but. That's a connection that I made to, to some of the cool panel. Anyways, um, yeah, he figures he figures it out quick. And um, after that, he kind of gets his code name and his code name India. And uh, we get his costume, which is basically the the Indian flag. Yeah, they, and they, they talk about that for a bit. And, they, and you kind of craps on it. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's like, he's like, isn't this a bit like on the nose or whatever? Yeah. And like, and uh, he even mentioned something about how like I was thinking like maybe we could do like the the you know national animals or whatever and right. she's like, and she's like, like we tried that yeah she's like we've literally yeah. been through this it's not a good idea yeah. like it's like the flag makes the most sense you know and i honestly think like just seeing his costume and because i remembered obviously they're all on the covers and stuff but like what he looked like but the reveal sequence of showing his costume i was like man that costume looks great i think it's a really yeah. cool design actually <laughs> like even if it is just like the flag like it looks good you know like it's it's cool <laughs> Yeah, that is that's wicked cool. Um, I I agree. I think it I think it was awesome. And now this next part was probably one of my favorite parts of oh, this whole issue. Yeah. And I remember when I read it the first time, I literally like texted you a screenshot of this picture. I was like, check this shit out. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't I hadn't read this issue yet too. Like I I it was sitting in my pile, and I was like, oh, that looks great. Like I was like, because I knew it was yeah. Carl Kershaw, and I was just like, oh shit, we got to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Like so, oh, um, what one important thing that they harp on. Uh, before we move to this scene that they constantly talk about in every issue after this. And we probably won't go over it too much, but 
with the powers, one of the key rules is not just the fact that they can only have three at a time. Only one of them can access a specific power at a time. Yes. So like they both yeah. can't have flight at the same time. Like you have to share, you know, <laughs> and combine right. and stuff like that. So that's a big key moment to like the action scenes and stuff. Once we get more of these characters involved as the series goes on. But yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah good... go forth with this scene because I think it's one of my favorites as well, too, Marty. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, So basically they have to launch this massive satellite in the air and she wants him to lift it with his telekinetic powers into orbit and he's kind of freaking out a little bit he's like well what about uh breathing you know what about air and i'm glad that they explained this right away because as soon as she said that i was like they're not gonna freaking do that and then all of a sudden like he asked the question to to get it explained and <laughs> and they basically say oh yeah you're you're gonna be fine because um you know, kind of, you know, there's this electromagnetic aura around you and that's all the air that you're going to need. They basically have shields. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, I was like, all right, I'll allow it. Like, at least you explained it. And yeah. That they was the bothered first thing to explain I thought it. Of. So, yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate that as a reader and, and can't call bullshit on the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so they're literally like standing on the, the thing and they, he shoots it up, up into space, which is super cool. We get this amazing, like, flash page that has them looking down at the earth mm -hmm. with them standing on the satellite he's like holy fuck basically yeah <laughs> um and then she's like now i want you to jump <laughs> and, and 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 he's like this is insane um but she's like but your aurora your aura here comes the like your your shield is basically going to protect you and and uh you know You've made it up here. Going down is easy. It's just a matter of jumping. And he's he basically is like, "All right, here we go." And he swan dives off the top of the uh, of the top of the uh, the satellite, and and she she calls him a good boy, like because he because he's listening, and 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 they're monitoring him from down in the base, and and uh, is the costume intact? And then this is this is like this is this is these are the two panels that I sent. I remember sending you when we read through it. I feel like I'm in a con comic book man how can this be happening as he's literally like hit, you can see that the the burning of he's the suit the around him yeah and in the <laughs> atmosphere and he's just like i'm just an asshole from the phone store as he's like diving into <laughs> into the water like next to a whole bunch of humpback whales which uh, that, you know me me being a, a dive instructor uh, is is something that i always love i always love dude, the, the water parts and stuff this it's is like cool. th that scene of uh, that page of super him cool. landing with the whales and uh, cool. him just in the water with them is like that just evokes such a like cathartic kind of peaceful feeling in me and like and and mm -hmm. that's that is fucking Carl Kershaw like to a T like here because of uh, Isola that series I was talking about um one of the main characters is a tiger and uh, and he is just like wonderful with animals like he just knows how to draw them like in such a vibrant like still kind of realistic way you know and like and, and these these whales look amazing <laughs> like that whole yeah, page is I, awesome so i'll, I'll t uh, so i've been in the water with humpback whales it was the most amazing experience i've ever been through in my life i bet and jesus <laughs> like they are fucking huge <laughs> and they're super majestic and they move their they like, literally i watch them swim by me and they move their tail like once and they flew yeah in the water it was it's <laughs> that's crazy so fast. it was cool but like it, it took me back to that moment and i was like oh man that's it's so cool um <laughs> anyway su super super awesome. aside but like it's just one of those like things that you know you can connect to as readers i mean i'm sure not very many people have been able been 
been uh, been able to do that, but that's something I connected with. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, so now it circling back on the story. Uh, Code Name Mexico rolls in smoking a J. <laughs> Code Name Mexico. <laughs> portal. I hate that he didn't get he spoilers. He doesn't get his own issue because he no, seems he, he seems awesome, but he's also yeah. just like kind of like a normal dude. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, "What's up? I'm getting stoned. You know, this yeah. is crazy type of thing." <laughs> Um, and, and then you have, you know, Binyu basically doing some stuff in India, he's flying around and then like, he's seeing stuff on, uh, you know, he goes back and he meets, he goes back and he talks with the main, the main folks. And, um, he's like, Hey, I want to call my mom. Like, I want to call my mom. I want to let her know I'm okay. It's been a little while. We're doing some of this. And, and, and the assistant's like, sorry, you can't do that. And she's like, I was like, well, what about Gita? I want to let her know that I'm okay. He's like, we, she's like. We actually need to talk about that oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. because apparently, um, you know, the Delhi massacre or the Delali massacre was seven years ago and yeah. he was lying in the hospital for a wicked long time. So you really don't get that perception of, of time or that gut punch until like right now. And he's like, what the fuck are you? kidding me like like he's like i gotta talk to my mom i gotta talk to like and she's and she's like hold on let me we gotta catch you up to speed and basically you know your dad's retired you know your sister's in Bangalore. there's big news on the gita ganesh front your fucking best friend married her and have a kid and um you know uh, they have a they have your friend yeah jai um and he's like huh whatever i need to call my mom this is bullshit and he yeah. basically calls her and he, she, they're like you can't talk about the whole ambassador thing yeah they have and secret identities back. that's a whole thing yeah. as well yeah. yeah 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 and then he goes back to visit his, his parents and of course like his parents have this little get together for him and guess who shows up gita and, and, and his best friend jai <laughs> with the little baby boy and and what's kind of funny is like gita basically is like hey fuck codename india um, and all the ambassadors, uh, you're the superhero as far as I'm concerned, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be alive. And he's like, oh, all right. You know, it's kind of kind of funny on on how that all worked. And then he goes back to his own like home job at the phone. Yeah, he store gets his job back as at the phone store. <laughs> but he gets promoted as an assistant manager. They got a sweet banner for him saying, hey, come meet the guy that saved everybody and buy a phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we get this ending that we get. At the end of uh, a, a couple other issues that we'll talk about, yeah. <laughs> we get this, we get this Vera Bennett lady, and she's here on behalf of Chun Hee, mm -hmm. uh, who's Chung's ex husband, and uh, they're like, she's basically like, we're gonna pay you a hundred million dollars to tell us everything you know about the powers. Um, it's yours if you tell us a secret. Dun dun dun. Yeah, and like, you're like, oh shit. He's basically. Yeah, yeah, he's basically trying to figure all that out. Yeah, and so you're like, oh, is someone going to betray the ambassadors, you know? Mm. Yeah. But yeah, and then we uh, we jump on over to issue three here, which is the uh, Travis uh, Charest issue. Um, I will save my thoughts on, on his art a bit, but I, I will say that I only knew him as a cover artist uh, before this, really. Um, and I looked it up. Um, he he drew some Wildstorm stuff back in like the peak '90s era, and that's kind of where he made his bones, you know. And um, he's kind of been like a cover artist ever since. Um, but he has a extremely like detailed style, oh. <laughs> like Dude. and uh, and uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, I'm sure during this uh, issue breakdown, yeah. but also uh, at the end as well too. But um, uh, anyway, um, this issue we are in Paris and um. In the issue, we meet uh, Yasmin and Jean-Luc Galvin. And uh, Yasmin is a, a single mother 
working as a hotel receptionist, um, Jean-Luc is her son. And I'd say he's probably about like, what, like 13 years old, 13 yeah. around there. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jean-Luc is a uh, troubled and uh, kid. He's, he's bullied in school pretty hard. Um, he, he's been acting out since like the, his dad left them, basically. And uh, it, there's this little side thing about like his dad is like kind of like this uh, pretentious filmmaker who people really like in the public. And uh, he's kind of like, but you can tell like, you know, with him not being there, he's he's a, a selfish, not their parent, you know, like he's just kind of about himself. And uh, Yasmin, you know, feels incompetent uh like she can't relate to Jean-Luc as he is getting more and more kind of in himself and extreme and even going as far as to uh she finds plans that he made to like kill his classmates and stuff yeah. and like so it's pretty severe and like uh Yasmin actually writes in like through an email uh to nominate herself for the ambassador's program so that she might finally feel like a role model for her son and get their lives kind of back on track um and Chun He is kind of shown in a in a non dialogue moment where she's reading that message from her, um, and she kind of relates to Yasmin reading her submission and seeing that they both know what it's like to have difficult ex husbands, basically. And uh, one day, Yasmin and Jean Luc are having dinner, and they talk about the ambassadors. And Jean Luc is very dismissive, you know, just like ah, who gives a shit? It's all a sham, whatever. But Yasmin tells them to turn their clocks hands to midnight, and it unveils oh, a secret like door where they can go down these poles like batman style into- oh dude i had that in my notes <laughs> 1960s batman that's exactly what it is yeah and, uh, and, and they have leads to uh, a secret headquarters that they have under their home and uh, yasmin uh was selected to be codenamed france and jean Luc is gonna be her robin-esque sidekick named paris which i really like i like that they were a pair and uh yeah batman and robin yeah. definitely going down the poles <laughs> um the art Oh, in God. all of this so i'm gonna like this was my favorite it's art my favorite too in, this, in, in the whole series <laughs> um no, i can't sugarcoat it and i know we we're probably gonna talk about it but like like jesus christ like the it's the, so good like like oh my god like the bat cave-esque thing that they have and and the amount of detail going into all the scaffold just the scaffolding alone like holy fuck even that first um, panel where it's just an overshot of the city yeah it's like the holy city's, shit yeah, i had that like yeah super detailed my god uh, get this guy a full-time job he is an amazing artist <laughs> he is i mean the only fa- thing he's fantastic he's, the only gripe that i'll have a little bit is the young boy Looks like a fucking wicked old mini dude. Oh yeah, with his yeah, he's got he's kind of wrinkly. He's got a, a weird bit. weird face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does. But other than that, maybe that's like, why he got bullied. Got a weird face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, love love everything about the art. It's great, and yeah, we're, yeah. we're definitely going to talk about him some more in a bit. But uh, <laughs> they uh, they uh, so they get their uh, costumes and they go out on patrol in a sick uh, superhero Lambo. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to oh, investigate. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they go to investigate a, a jewelry thief uh, operation that's been going on in town. Uh, they drop in, they beat the guys up and tie them up for uh, like to a pole for the authorities to grab. Very Spider-Man, early Batman style stuff. Uh, yeah. they, they go help uh, people out of a fire with their flying car and even stop a runaway train. Uh, Jean-Luc seems to have uh, kind of like his innocence back and uh, they are finally relating to one another. And after the train is saved, they hug while there's like the people around them, uh, you know, like clapping and cheering. And um, it's here too, though. Uh, we get a little scene where we see the mysterious guy from issue one back and uh, he's looking at the pair with another man who calls this guy Jamie 
oh shit, it's the monkey kid, and says that the monkey kid, yeah, and says that he sees dead people when he sees oh, them. Oh yes, yeah. yes, I had that. That reminded me of Sixth Sense. I had that. Yeah. Right yeah. and it's like, yeah, I was like, what, that's a fun before, line. It's wicked fun. But one thing that I've never, first of all, the the back to the car. The car's fucking dope. It flies. It's awesome. it's, it's like <laughs> so awesome. But one thing that was um, wicked cool that I've I've never seen before, and granted, I haven't read as many comics or as long as you have. But the onomatopoeia when they're fighting the bad guys in uh-huh. in uh, that scene, it's it like it has the fight scene inside the letters, like pow, and you have the guy like being punched, and it's actually drawn into the letters and and i thought that was such a cool style yeah and something that i've personally never come across and like for that alone like the, the, by far this is my favorite issue of uh, one of my fa- one of the reasons why i love this issue and love the artistry and and just the thought in design and layouts of, of like taking half a page and doing that is so cool paneling technique i love that yeah i thought it was super cool um i've i've rarely seen that but when i i don't know if i've seen it honestly done as well as this like this is like the prime example i think almost it's just yeah. like it's a great looking issue very like, colorful all all. oh yeah it's awesome yeah <laughs> but uh we we then cut to um chun he and oksana uh, as we get the uh, reveal that it wasn't yasmin's submission that got her picked as an ambassador. It was her son, Jean-Luc's, that they received three days before. And I'm like, aww. <laughs> you know? But he told them that she was the best mom in the world and that she deserves that privilege of, uh, you know, getting the superpowers. And uh, we then see, as Yasmin uh, kind of reads that response from Chun-Hee, uh, the same people who came after Codename India at the end of issue two also approach Yasmin with an offer from Jin Sung. We don't see the results of that. And uh, the issue ends sweetly kind of with uh, Jean-Luc and he's standing yes. over a bridge and he reaches into his bag and he pulls out a gun that he has and he drops it in the water before walking away as a changed boy. Um, but yeah, uh, that's issue three. Uh, Marty, you want to take us on over to issue four with uh, Olivia Coppell doing the yeah. art? <laughs> real real quick before we before we wrap um, of, the, of this one. Um, mm-hmm. I, one thing I really love was him having like a P for his symbol as like the shadow yeah like yeah behind him like he's yeah, a for Paris. Man, which yeah, is yeah for Paris, sense, yeah yeah <laughs> and then one thing to note that like it took me a little while to connect the dots but like jamie it no longer looks like a monkey yeah he he, 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 he doesn't look like evolved. that mm-hmm. yeah into like uh as he grew he like grew into i want to say a real boy but like uh, <laughs> a normal dude <laughs> grew a normal dude but like with the old weathered face so like that is something to keep in mind uh as we continue forward because as uh dun 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 we'll talk about that little, yeah little and we'll later be on. seeing some more of him we'll right? be seeing some more of him um all right yes i would love to talk about the next issue yeah so issue four um, um like i said olivier coppell uh doing the art um olivier coppell mostly known i by my money um uh for thor uh, doing Thor with uh, J. Michael Straczynski, doing Thor with Jason Aaron sometimes. Um, he is uh, fucking awesome. I've met him once and he's super cool and uh, he's a great goddamn artist. And I wish that he would do more interiors than he does, but I understand why uh, it seems like it takes him a lot of time. <laughs> what, Olivia? Yeah. The, yeah. the artist? Yeah. Mm. He's great, though. I, I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> I do. Mm. I love his shit on Thor. That's like some of my favorite Thor stuff ever. But <laughs> uh I'm going to agree to disagree. That's okay. That's okay. This, this was this was my least favorite. This was my least really? favorite one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I like I don't know what it is, but like the the art for this one 
was decent, right? Not my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's like a scratchy, unfinished style, and he does a lot of darker like, shading and stuff like that, like in his panels. Yeah, but like, yeah. like the it, like the detail isn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a sucker for detail, and I know it's so hard. But like, <laughs> sometimes it just takes the the like not. It takes it out. Like it takes the story out for me a little bit with kind of an unfinished style art or like a rough art. I mean, sometimes it works in cases, but uh-huh. it's. I don't know. I, I just, it's just not for me. That's okay. Uh, That's totally sure. fair. Yeah. So I'll just say, I, li- I like some of the stuff because some of the stuff he puts detail to, but some of the stuff that, that wasn't like, there's some really good scenes in here that he drew with like, you know, um, the close ups and he, there is attention to detail there, but I, I don't know what it is with the kind of car- wicked cartoony unfinished. It just, <laughs> it just doesn't do it for me. I feel you. I feel you. That's fair. I can see. Well, uh, well, let's get into the story proper and see if the, if the issue is worth something to snuff at least. Eh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> uh, all right. So this story opens in Brazil where cops are basically investigating a murder that happened right in front of a church. Mm-hmm. Uh, when someone got shot, basically right to dead bullseye, right nuts in the, in the middle of a forehead. And the priest uh, is kind of ripping on the cops a bit because they're being racist and basically, you know, basically saying, well, at least it wasn't one of our guys that, that got shot type of thing. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Just get, he's like, get the fuck out of here. Um, like everything and, is like corrupt and shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just how how bad this place is. And then all of a sudden, um, he checks his phone and it looks like an, he gets an email which says basically, Father uh, Vitter Pirelli, you have been selected out of 3 million applicants to join the ambassadors, codenamed Brazil. Um, yeah. And then here is where um, we get a little bit of, and this is where I got new reader perspective, so bear with me. I got a little bit confused with, how this timeline was put together. So I, I didn't yeah. notice right away. It says Z right in the top. And I was like, what the hell is that? But Z is actually the person's name um, of this backstory part is about. And I'm not sure if this happened. Bef- I think this happened before um, uh, the the other part. But basically, Z is a female mercenary mm-hmm. um, that is kind of good, but kind of working for the bad guys. She's and, making the best um, in the world she's born into type yeah. of thing. Like, you know, like she yeah. she doesn't she's a good person, but like at heart. Yeah, but she doesn't um her environment has made her do shit that she wouldn't want to do, you know? Like Yeah, cuz she's she's kind of in with the this mercenary group where she's like trying to do good where she can, but still has to do some bad stuff along the way and um basically um she's in there going shaking up this uh this gang um, for their employer, Captain Lobo. And Captain Lobo is basically the corrupt motherfucker that nobody likes and that is controlling everything mm-hmm. um, and, and that everyone's afraid of. So um, they bring the, uh, we'll call it the, I don't know, he's a mob gang member of a pretty big family. He's got a lot of money on that table that he's counting there. Yeah. And um, basically he's like, listen, you know, you're going to be Captain Lobo's butler and your wife and daughters are going to be like his housemates. So tough shit. This is what you're doing in it. And that's what you're going to do. So we then cut over to Captain Lobo's uh, lovely establishment where it's got like an <laughs> infinity pool. And yeah. he's like on a penthouse suite. And you see the guy that they pulled out as his butler, like pouring his tea. And, uh, and you have Captain Lobo talking about how his toilet bowls have never been so clean. Here's a little extra money and here's some pills because I love you. <laughs> he's yeah. kind of a dick. Just total asshole, um, yeah. <laughs> total dick move. Um, and, and he's got what's coming to him. So uh, after that, it cuts back over to 
uh, and this is where it like it kind of jumps around a bit uh, because you can see actually Z it, with Captain Lobo in a uh, police militia outfit. So like she's a quote unquote cop doing good things, but in the pockets of of El Capitan, who's yeah. controlling the universe, yeah. um, is basically how it boils down to. And then so she goes to uh, the father. Yeah, uh, the priest to, to do some penance and, yeah. and he's like he's like dude stop the the priest is basically like calling her out and he's like you just need to stop coming here because like why would i take your confession when you're just gonna do it again yeah like, um, like you've been doing this, this forever joke. and like it just yeah. it makes no sense like you know either either you care enough to stop or or you or you know stop coming like that's it right exactly <laughs> exactly and um you get a little bit more backstory on her about um you know how she you know she's trying to do the best that she can in, in the environment she's given in um she you know, asks him talk to about, stop like because yeah, he's organi- she, he's organizing like he's organizing strikes, stuff behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah and like and, yeah. and she's like you need to stop her he's gonna come after you you know right and and he, she basically warns him just stop making trouble so like nothing bad happens essentially mm-hmm. and then uh, cuts back to Antarctica. So this is where like the time jumpiness, it's it's kind of hard to piece the timeline because that feels like backstory to me. And that's kind of how I read it. And yeah. then like it cuts back to Antarctica. So like like for me, it would have been nicer to get like little more clean and concise timelines and breakages because it all flows together as one story. And it's like, I'm trying to jumble the timelines in my head. So like as a new reader or a new, or just like maybe, maybe it's a comic thing and I'm just not, new and uh, don't haven't read enough to know enough but that to me, this this story felt like i like the story but it felt a bit jumbled when yeah, trying comparatively. to figure out how the timelines were handling so that's just kind of my my thoughts on that but it so it jumps to antarctica now and he's at the south pole he's talking about um uh with the superheroes again and learning about that he got selected and that the bracelet controls everything so we learn a little bit more about the rules where there's this bracelet that handles everything that we didn't necessarily know about before. yeah because the most that um, we saw with the bracelet before was in the the previous issue with the yasmin and john luke where um it gives them their costumes like that's right. what we saw it do or whatnot like like she hit right. a button and their costume like went right. on like appeared on them or whatever right. uh, but yeah it does kind of like the the bracelet does like everything <laughs> basically right. yeah it, it it controls the access it controls everything else um so tune he is trying to like convince the father to um to take the powers and be a part of her ambassador program and um and and help basically help solve the world's problems Mm -hmm. she also like flot has some dude fly by super fast to show him to showcase those powers he takes the bracelet but then he goes back home um i think he straight up tells her like he's like i i I could not be less interested like i like this this doesn't feel like the real world to me i i feel like i'm making a difference in my church you know and like helping right. the people i care about yeah that's that's kind of what it boils down to so she's like just stamp you know just see this and think on it and then it cuts over to you know where he's back at home with this lady maria and she's pregnant and that i i, I take that as like it's kind of like uh his wife or whatever um either his wife because, or uh, or just yeah just someone he he's helped or you know whatever i'm not really sure yeah i i, I would assume I feel his like, wife I feel like it's either his wife or it's his baby mama because like, I don't know. Oh, Cause they ask in, about the baby. Cause yeah. they talk <laughs> about the baby. They talk about like, he's basically saying God, like, cause he tells her about like what 
what, what he had offered to him. And she's like, I don't see a downside like to all this. You can keep you safe from getting assassinated because you already have a bounty over your head, basically. And he's like, fuck that. God will keep you safe. Yeah. And she's he, like, he what about faith, the baby? Like that type yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's like, God will keep the baby safe, too. Um, and this was never part of the plan. Like I was never meant for this type of thing. Um, so then, you know, now it cuts over back to, um, Z's in uniform talking to the cops. She got the call to basically assassinate the priest. Take care of him. Yeah. Yep. And take care of him. And he's like sitting at the altar praying, comes in, she, he hears her and, you know, he's like, I heard you were coming to get me. Um, Hey, let me tell you about this wristband that I got with superpowers from yesterday. And she told me to think about it for here's where we know that she gave him a 24 hours to think about it. But I already told her she was on a team. He was on God's team, basically. Um, she basically tells him to stop talking and he slips the bracelet on and it was like, you're not going to hurt anyone ever again. Here you go. Here's the powers. And here's my favorite part of this whole fucking issue <laughs> right here. Yeah. Where you have Senor Douchebag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lobo. Yeah. A- a- AKA Captain Lobo lounging around in his tidy whiteies with like all sprawled out, like fat man, in, you know, hanging out in, with his wang out with, yeah. and, with his tidy whiteies uh, and uh, bathrobe on. And basically, like, um, you know, he's sitting there with all of his stuff. All of a sudden, like, he hears rumbling outside. His million dollars of cars, like, go everywhere and he's, he's like yelling jesus and then all of a sudden you hear it's like you have 30 seconds to vacate the premises you know type of thing and they're all freaking out they run outside and the countdown happens and then the whole fucking house gets upended by this ant man like power thing giant that we don't power, know what it yeah. is yet but it's you see like the giant upend and then it turns to small so that reminded me of like ant man mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah that that shit was awesome <laughs> yeah, i love that <laughs> yeah so that was like definitely my favorite part um and then you see the reveal of her in the suit yeah and uh she's got like a cool oh, visor helmet thing too she's got a wicked cool visor <laughs> yeah. Helmet. Hell yeah. um and and then you know she basically says thank you padre mm-hmm. um and and thus codename brazil was born um and then she goes to meet the rest of the team uh yeah then after yeah. that that, that basically is kind of the gist of it. Then after that, we get the cut to San Francisco and uh, Gundam style don't, 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 don't comes in. <laughs> he's got the, yeah. he's, he, Jin Sung's got the cool man Gundam style glasses he and does, the fancy yes. pants uh, jacket. The man um, bun. Yeah. And he's got his cronies behind him and he's like, you know, he's got this new guy coming in and basically he's like, you, you got money type of thing. You can be a part of our exclusive club. And the guy wants to know if it'll upgrade his diabetes uh, because he's been on insulin pump. And he's like, yep, basically. Um, but you can't tell anybody about our little secret society. And uh, he, he's like, do you have any, qu-? like the, his secretary is like, do you have any questions before like you sign on the dotted line? He's like, yeah. What about your fucking wife? Yeah, and yeah. He, he gets super pissed, and he destroys destroys the fucking desk. And and he's like, he's like, nope, she's not going to be a problem. And he, you know, to be continued on to the next issue. Yeah, yeah. So the shit's going down. So we kind of confirm that he has uh, also sort of maybe cracked the code on superhuman abilities. So it's like, oh, it's kind of ramping up in the background of these issues, basically. But um, all right. So issue five, it gives us the Matteo Bufagni art and uh, we meet uh, Bob Taylor, 
codename Australia for the first time. Um, in terms of uh, Bufagni, I think this is the one who I was alluding to where I didn't really recognize his name or know the work. And um, after looking it up a little bit, he's a guy who's he's done some Marvel stuff and I've definitely seen okay. covers by him. I just didn't really know his name, but um, I liked it. He's solid. Yeah, he's he's solid. Yeah. I think um, there's one scene in particular in this one. We'll, I'll wait till I get to it in the story, but um, uh, but he's he's good. He fits in a lot with um, uh, I think Kershaw's stuff that he was doing in the second issue, and uh, even to a degree, um, uh, Scalera stuff afterwards in the sixth issue. I think that they all they all kind of seem somewhat similar of a vein of style, you know, like in the way it's colored and like their their layouts yeah. and stuff. So, but yeah, I'm, uh, we'll we'll get into this one here real quick. So, um. Bob Taylor, like I said, codename Australia. When we meet him, he's already on the team. But like, so we kind of get it interspersed with flashbacks. But um, uh, what he's doing right now is that uh, he has some powers downloaded and uh, is on a uh, Siberian rescue mission to save some lost mountaineers who are hiking for charity. And uh, he thinks about how just weeks ago uh, he was hopelessly ill and dying. And uh, we cut to the flashback where Bob and Chun He are talking about his application for the ambassadors. Um. Uh, here's the brunt of it. Bob was a super, he's like a 72 year old man. I think he says that a couple of times, but like, uh, yep. uh, he, he's a, he's a super conservative and often extreme public figure. Uh, he was a uh, deputy prime minister for a while and, uh, spoke often in a way that he describes as quote unquote off color. And, uh, June, he racist. Yeah. And <laughs> June, he and Oksana are like, uh, you aren't really who we're looking for <laughs> for this program. And uh, they also mention how um, uh, his son, his young, his son is uh, currently running for office under a stern anti-gay campaign. And uh, but he drops some uh, hidden truths at this time on them, saying that he is actually a gay man. Gay. And he realizes what a piece of shit he's been perpetuating hate his entire life, basically. And uh, he wants a second chance to be the person that he should have been from the beginning for, or, you know, another round basically. And Chun he is like, I kind of like that. Like, you know, like someone like kind of turning it around, you know, and stuff. But, uh, she, she says though, to agree to this, he, out of all of the ambassadors has to make his identity public for, this public. is like the, yeah, the one time that that information could actually kind of benefit their message and whatnot, yep. um, in public standing and Bob is down and, uh, that's that. So, uh, we get like, you know, Long story short, we get this great rescue sequence of him saving the hikers. Uh, he uses like a plethora of powers. You know, he's downloading stuff and and like, you know, using different abilities and things. And um, uh, he's also <laughs> this is a part of this book I really like in the writing. Um, he's also constantly ribbing the hikers because they're like they were hiking for like a <laughs> vegan charity. And um, it's it's like. Malar, I, the thing is, is I don't know how to take this because I almost believe Malar probably has these views like he kind of has yeah. like weirdo like you know boomer views like this yeah. but like this is like the stuff that he says is kind of quintessential boomer speak coming from bob here and and <laughs> and funny. it's like i i kind of like it because it's like even even you know it's like okay like so so he's he wants to turn it around and everything like that he still lived a 72 year old life perpetuating like hate and being like a bigot so he still talks like an asshole <laughs> like even if he's like trying to do the right thing you know so like it's kind it's really entertaining actually like i think it's fun <laughs> oh it's oh i i love the banter like yeah. the banter in this book in general uh between characters or between between um like characters that are rescuing people yeah. or just in general is yeah. fantastic i think it is too yeah but i think i think bob stands out a little as being just like not oh, yeah. only kind of funny but also just like 
ridiculous and i kind of love it you know like it's a it's just it's just a, a funny character you know in terms of like his background and whatnot it's like oh you know you you kind of want to see him succeed though after he gives his plea to chun he you're like you're like okay like sure i'll give this guy a chance he, you know whatever he, yeah but here's what's crazy is that this guy bob right yeah of course his name is bob standard <laughs> normal name bob yeah is basically doing he's kind of manipulative if he you is. think about it like oh he, he very much was is a bigot and a jerk and anti-gay and then all of a sudden like to save his own ass he basically knows he needs these powers and mm-hmm. he tells chin hoon like hey i'm actually a gay man and okay i'll i'll do that but then you know little foreshadowing later on <laughs> he kind of flips the script again a little bit which we'll get into exactly in the next issue and i'll talk and- about i'll talk about how disappointed i was in that <laughs> Oh, I was super because I was, you know what? That motherfucker had me fooled. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, man, this guy Bob the Builder is awesome. Yeah, really Bob, you know, what I mean? but like, like, like this guy, this guy's great. I can get behind him. Yeah. you know, uh, you know, like I, I'm a fan. Love it. Love how he's being reformed. Seventy two. Feel bad for the guy. And then a fucking zinger. Um, anyways, yeah. you, 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 the art in this book is great. I love yes. the Antarctic scenes, and yeah. I love the rescue scenes, uh, and I also love like this rando dude that comes in with his purple powers uh, to help kind of save the day mm-hmm. and help save the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was drawn beautifully, colored mm-hmm. beautifully, and he had a Thor-like aura about him with his <laughs> kind of electricity coming around. He does. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, you know, like we were saying, Bob kind of... Um, you know, goes on the rescue. He's he's talking shit to these people, but he's helping them, you know. And uh, everything seems to be going according to plan until a fucking plane crashes right on top of them. And Bob and the hikers are plunged into freezing water as the plane crashes through the ice. And Bob kind of, uh, it's actually kind of a rough situation because he's down there and we get his thoughts and um, he's, uh, he's assessing and he's like, oh man, like, he's like, I, I guess, fuck, he's like, I guess I'll try. I can't, I can't save them all. I, I guess I'll get the plane because that's the most people, right? <laughs> so like, yep. so, uh, but as he thinks that and starts to go for it, it is telekinetically lifted by Jamie who shows up again. And uh, he, he saves the people, but tells them all to uh, keep his involvement a secret and to let Bob uh, kind of take all the credit. And uh, he doesn't want his scent out there for people who he says are coming for the ambassador soon. And uh, we also get some insight into Jamie's backstory here where he talks about how uh, we, we never really knew how he survived or got away. And he mentions how the scientist who kind of cared about him uh, let him go. And he's kind of just been living on the streets off the grid ever since and kind of just doing shit yeah. like this. <laughs> and so uh, but um, at this point. You know, communication comes back online for Bob. He lost it when the plane crashed and stuff. But uh, Jamie disappears that moment without a trace. And uh, we cut to see Jin Sung and his ragtag group of uh, shitty superpowered billionaire guys. And uh, God, this scene, dude, they so they they're killing like this family. Right. And uh, they like at one point, there's this sequence where they he asked the guy who they're torturing to call heads or tails like, a oh, my God, I have. I had this. Yeah. I had this. And they, this is brutal. And when he he says, he doesn't say, I don't think. And then like they drop this little, I think it's his daughter. Like it's, it looks like his daughter or wife or something. I don't know. It, she looks young. So I thought it was like a daughter, but um, yeah. they drop this girl on her head from like a thousand feet in the air. And, well, they and, threw her. Yeah. They threw her. And she's she, like, she's she, like heads or tails. And he's like, I'm not playing these stupid games. And they're like, just answer the question. And he's like, call it or we kill or we kill you. And he's like, fuck it, tails. And boom, 
she lands. Kid gets launched sky high. Yeah. This is so brutal. And I she, mean, it's very well drawn. It, yeah. But it was such a gut punch right to the stomach. I it, was like, oh, it really like, is. Because basically she lands and we see her land. And much like um, when Jamie uh, crushed the skulls of those guys uh, telekinetically <laughs> in the first issue, she lands head first and it just mushes, like, annihilates her skull. And, like, it's yeah, like, and you, left. yeah. And you just see, like, her headless body with, like, the brain parts underneath it, like, just crushing into the ground and it's like jesus christ man like it's like they so they they kill this family for fun and as the issue ends jin sung reveals uh he now has found a traitor in the ambassador's ranks like he has someone a mole in there at the end of this wrap-up this guy the new guy that they had in the previous end of a previous issue that the guy with the the, uh, insulin insulin pump Yeah. yeah had to like earn his due and collect his bones, so to speak, and get his first kill with this crew. And he did it so fucking brutally. I mean, this art is incredible. He like, basically he explodes people. Ex- <laughs> yeah. He, he just, and it, and the, the thing that he threw at him was like this square sphere, the uh, triangly shaped thing that just like cut the body into a million pieces. Uh-huh. And you see like the face in like four or five pieces and like guys guts everywhere. And, just calling it out, freaking Gundam style looks looking really stylish, and and he gets younger <laughs> and younger in every because the very first issue he was super old, and you could tell like the powers oh, or you yeah. know that he has is having having an effect on it, and that's, that's like part of the thing. That's something too because that, um, we could have mentioned about Chun He when, when she killed herself oh, when she killed herself in the uh, in the prison. She was like an older lady, like not super right. old, but, you know, older than she looks now. And like, yeah, her new body that she had uploaded her consciousness into is obviously more young and like, you know, kind of like peak physical condition and things like that. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, at this point that uh, Jin Sung is is looking younger as well as time goes on. Yeah, he looks like maybe in his 20s with you know, obviously wearing some sweet square shades and <laughs> looks like he could probably be in the Gundam style uh, <laughs> music video even yes, more so. He very much He's got does. his posse. He's got his posse and he's ready to go. And like, he, you know, I, I, I think it's so funny because like the, the very last splash page is he's where he says he's got a traitor in the ranks and he's like skyrocketing into the earth. Yeah. Like looking up with his shades on. Like I instantly got the boys vibes with like Homelander, like shooting up into the sky in, in some of the ends of those or in scenes in there. I was like, this feels wicked. The boys, like, I don't know why, but like, yeah, yeah. it's got kind of that dark, that dark edge yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I, I dig it. Um, yeah, I think, uh, old, uh, Matteo Bufagni is a, uh, is a, is a hidden gem in this series. I mean, like, I think that they're all great, but, uh, yeah, this one, I was like, especially that plane sequence. I was like, man, I was like, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. Mm. Dug it quite a bit. Hey, so wait. moving on to issue six. Issue six. All right. We got Matteo Scalera on the, on the art here. Uh, okay mostly known i think for black science with rick remender uh one of my favorite comic book artists of all time i also met him once uh, at nycc 2017 and uh he seemed like befuddled and kind of shocked when i told him like because at the time it was true and it's still up there for me but uh, uh i told him that black science was my favorite comic book and, mm-hmm. and he was like really <laughs> Like he was shocked that I was like, and I was like, yeah, dude, it's so good. And he was just like, oh, well, thanks, you know, or whatever. But he was like, he was genuinely shocked that I said it was my favorite. And wow. uh, but yeah, Mateo Scalera is um kind of got along the lines of um Carl Kershaw we were talking about earlier, where it's like a, it's a bit more comic booky, a bit more like stylized, cartoonish kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
But like, mm-hmm. I dig it. I dig Mateo Scalero a lot, and uh, this is a this is a fine wrap up issue. He gets the bulk of it too because this is an extra long one, I think, compared to the other issues yeah. in terms of page uh, count. I dig this one as well. I, I enjoyed it. One thing I really liked was how they slightly switched up the color palette in the flashback scenes. I always appreciate when there's clear delineations to flashbacks or other time jumps that makes it like really easy for someone like this guy to be able to follow along. Um, and it also helps that like it says eight years ago in the upper corner, but yeah. like the whole, well, it's a visual lighter, cue. Like, you know, it, it visual puts, cue. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah it puts your, I'm, puts I'm your really brain a in a different spot kind of. And uh, exactly. Yeah. He, he does that a lot in, um, in black science as well. Like it'll just be a totally different, like, you know, you're, you're clearly like a different scene, you know, as opposed to like getting confusing, like when is this taking place or whatever? Like, you know, yeah, he, yeah, he's good with that stuff. Yeah. So we get the backstory that I've been dying to get <laughs> since like really issue one where you get Chuhi and, and, and Jinsu, um, the backstory of, of the two when she's sitting in prison, um, talking about, talking to kind of what looks like either her lawyer but it's also her it, like what's yeah, what her assistant the assistant yeah the uh, oksana yeah yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's her um yeah. yeah like setting up everything or whatever like she said yeah. she did and this is where like it sometimes gets tricky with the different artists and how they stylize the character portrayals because it's like i think that's this person is it this person i mean yeah. jamie is a whole horse of another color because that dude is confusing as fuck because he starts as a monkey and ends as a human and his facial features change throughout this entire book and yeah. without him physically saying i'm jamie like i was like who the fuck's this guy and he always shows up and does stuff and, and yeah and he has he to say his, his name, name and i'm like he oh has yeah to say his name. <laughs> it's like okay it's this this dude's back yeah. um <laughs> He, he always, he's always helping up. But anyways, like that was the most like, I feel it would have been wonderful to have a consistent artist on this book. I mean, I appreciate the different artist styles, but to, for a six issue mini to be able to track me visually and, and from a storytelling perspective, when I have to think twice about a character, it makes it a little bit difficult, oh, yeah. um, but, but I dig it, you know, I, I, I like it. So anyways, I think, I think that that's um, a totally valid criticism of it of the idea you know i mean like um like i said yeah. Ooh, i got i got i got a little bit of research into why that happened that we'll go over after we get I through this wait. one <laughs> i can't wait so anyways um we get a little bit of of uh, exchange between them talking about how he completely ruined her and um she all she wants to do is win 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> um so then it cuts over to future day now where um you know she was like five years ago i was I was basically, you know, lying in a prison cell, rotting away, and and now we're we're kind of ready to rip. You know, we have the I I got the awards, and I feel you know from this school prize um, that she won with her ex husband, um, yeah. which was which was really interesting. And it cuts over to like how they you know formed that bond basically ever since, and they and and the the breakthroughs that they made, they piggybacked off each other. I really liked this flashback with them at their wedding. I thought it was, it was visually stunning in a very um, simplistic way of just, you know, a couple of colors, uh, very powerful with the sun in the background and and them in their traditional, um, their traditional garb. I like uh, the, which, uh, I, which I liked it. I like the mural aspect of that panel yeah. because on one side, it's like you have these, on either side of them, it's like this very symmetrical thing of like showing them and mm-hmm. then the family and stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, on the other sides, like there's these two like floating plateaus in the background. And yeah. the first one, 
is a man proposing to a woman on his knee, yes. which is obviously them like symbolizing when they got engaged. And Gaged, then it yep. shows the right one is the aftermath of the woman alone and she's crying. Yes. Like, and it's like, oh man, <laughs> that's just good shit though. It <laughs> is. But then below it is what, what appears to be one, uh, I, I would guess her parents who are happily married. Uh, that's how I took it anyways. Yeah, so it like yeah. shows the differences between the two, which I just thought was a very nice um, or interesting touch to have her make like feel her pain even more so mm -hmm. with what she's going through because she thought she had a perfect life with like her parents and then like she was trying to do the same and she kind of got fucked yeah um so that's kind of how i took it and i and i thought that was the the, the contrast was was a wonderful thing there yeah i dig that um, quite a bit yeah okay so uh kind of moving on here what ends up happening is she's talking to you know cuts back over basically to uh, to where they were. She's talking about look at look look at us now type of thing. We're superheroes. Um, you get the kind of the the close up picture of of the uh, the the uh, secretary again, mm -hmm. and she kind of looks a little bit younger too. And I don't know if she's like sneaking some superhero ness, <laughs> or maybe it's the the artistry or something, or maybe that was part of the deal. But I feel I like I felt like she was maybe getting some type of superhero powers on the side or at least some young vibes well, because she's been around for a while i mean mm. I, I don't know could be i always thought thought <laughs> about that but anyways um kind of cutting over to the main the main storyline here where all the superheroes are um on this island um and basically a big nuclear accident happened and a tidal wave is about ready to to hit this huge town they're trying to evacuate with military you have some of the guys being like you have mech here mech, mexico's here and he's huge <laughs> um he's ready ready to take on the world but what's interesting is oh maybe it's what what i first looked at it as actually there are two giant sized people in this yeah right? it's um which, uh, which uh, france um uses the france and mexico yeah france uses and, the uh a, a mimic uh, power that they have to mimic his ah, his, uh, see, his missed, growing yeah <laughs> i miss i missed that so That's i was a like idle one there <laughs> yeah because like i was like wait wait two two people is the only it's the only way to access two people from the same time so yeah. so, so when i first when i first read that in second read through like i totally missed that yeah. um i was like oh, wait wait he's breaking his rules um but he, i thought that was around cool. it. Yeah. yeah um they basically pick up ships to get ready to use them as essentially like big shields to block this tidal wave from mm -hmm. from coming in and stopping it. And then, of course, you have the cool car that shows up because <laughs> has to, a Batmobile. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the, oops, sorry for being late. Like we're, you know, we're too busy doing some other stuff. They, you know, they, uh, they come along and, and everyone's asking where they got the fancy car and they're joking around that the team credit card, which I thought was a pretty nice little little line, a little zinger. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other guy's like, oh, I know we could use stuff. Use it for stuff. You have someone that comes in with a plane, like they're, they're pulling oh, out it's all Bob. the stops in yeah, this issue. Australia. Yeah, yeah. he Bob. comes in with a jet fighter. <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. like, he's, he's, he's like, well, you guys got to get one of these. He's like, they said there was no yeah. limit on the cards or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He pulls, <laughs> calls back the cards. Yeah. <laughs> and, and not only that, but you got it. You got to uh, download that flight, that flight plane. Yeah. Uh, the flight plane. <laughs> yeah. Simulator. Yeah. Um, so they're all um, getting ready to fight this tidal wave. Tidal wave's coming with barriers. They're basically, you know, buckling up for the wide for the wild ride. Here we go, type of thing. Um, they stop the tidal wave with the ships, even though it was a challenge. And the ships kind of like, uh, you know, things break. Control kind of like 
looks like it gets thrown into into the air there, and um, all of a sudden, like out of fucking nowhere, everybody just burns. Like, yeah, and the only people that are there, which are invincible, are the ambassadors. And lo and behold, here comes Gangnam Style, and like with all of his crew, just yeah, like he's got floating. Like Thirty people with him, like it's yeah, floating in the air. And then he 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 refers to you know Chun uh, Chun as his wife. So yeah, he he shows up and he's basically says, "Hey wife, you're ready to be fucked over again." This guy's a total piece of shit. He is an absolute <laughs> asshat. He is terrible. Um, he is, and like. He he talks about how he's the world's most exclusive club. Like he, he looks even younger in this yeah. picture. Yeah, he's like, almost he like, like a teenager or something teenager. almost at yeah. this point. Yeah. But I do love the art in this fight sequence because they just they, they just freaking go after each other and just mm-hmm. like the banter back and forth is amazing. The art's amazing. Really enjoyed and dug, you know, how they did it from a from a flow and from a paneling perspective. Pacing was good. Um and Basically, he's like, "Oh, well, uh, you know, Chun He is, is is no dummy." She's like, "You created that title pool, that title wave, just to get us all together." He's like, "Bingo, yeah, <laughs> got him." <laughs> um, you know, and then all of a sudden, the big reveal happens. So we get the reveal of who the traitor is. Now, mm-hmm. my question for you is: Did you know, or did you have an idea who the traitor was before it was revealed? Uh, I didn't expect it to be who it is, really. Um. Because they really don't set that up until like yeah. this issue, you know, type of thing. But like, right. uh, but I was like, oh, okay, like you know, that's not a bad reveal. I like it more than it being one of the heroes, at least, you know, at, I the, agree. at this point. Yes. Like, you know, especially with it being so early in like these guys' superhero careers, I was like, to already have like just a traitor yes. outright, I'd be like, eh, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I, I love how. Yeah, so the so the traitor, you know, is the uh, secretary. Oksana. Uh, yeah. Oksana. Uh, dumb bitch. She's been involved since the beginning. You know, she's been embedded since the beginning. Damn I, it. I thought her reasoning kind of sucks. And not necessarily because it's not realistic, but because it's like, yeah. it's just like, that's a shitty reason, you know, like in terms of a person. I, I could kind of see a person actually having a reason like this. Not that it's unrealistic, but basically she tells Chun He, like, you know, I sat there and did all this stuff for you and. You never gave me superpowers, and it was like, well, we never saw you fucking ask. Like, I don't I, like, you know, <laughs> I'm sure Chuni would have helped her out if she would have just said some shit. Well, so here's here's where kind of my point of like she looks younger in certain aspects. So so he says that Oksana had polio since she she was four years old. How could you choose strangers over a friend? And like saying that she was the one, like her, like. Chun He didn't choose her, and and she knew that. So freaking, he had to have given her something. Yeah, to incite her to polio betray her. Would have killed you by had to have killed you by now, right? At least to tie her over. Hey, you know, betrayer. I'll I'll cure I'll cure your big disease. You yeah. know what I mean? Like so, maybe that had some. I don't know. I'm trying to explain the fact that she looks younger, but that that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, like they they all vibes. slightly look younger as the issues go on, anyway. And I mean, yeah. I, I mean that could just be us making up excuses for the difference in art, <laughs> but yeah, but but I, but it's See, a good story reason. That, that's where it gets tricky. It's yeah. like being able to bridge that gap between like what you're seeing from an art perspective and the story, which makes it really challenging to try to one make sense of and two critique in, in a way too. Yeah. So I love this next part where she just gets annihilated, like fucking destroyed. Yeah. Um, 
where yeah, we're talking about makes, Oksana gets gets Oksana killed. Yeah. getting 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 annihilated. Yeah, shrink Oksana, or you know what fucking happens. Yeah, <laughs> and he's the, like these guys that are bazillionaires don't want to do the dirty work. Yeah, at least of, that one guy you know, doesn't. Like he, he's the one yeah. who is actually kind of a character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the the whole fact that you know um, ne- next we get um, Chun He being trapped by her ex husband in this big pink thing that basically. Yeah, like a weird force shield freezes and steals all of her, like doesn't allow her to be any type of superpowers to to penetrate it. And then he like he drops her, uh, which is which is crazy. There's a big fight that ensues between all of the superpower heroes, Mm -hmm. which was a ton of fun. And um, and then all of a sudden, like when you think shit's gonna go in the wrong way for our heroes, like people just start (laughs) getting sniped. Yep. With purple just, just beam things, yeah. By this beam, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the big reveal: <laughs> our boy, Monkey Boy, Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> Monkey Boy Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> and I love his entrance because, yeah. like, he like he comes in like with these floating gem, like, <laughs> or maybe maybe it's rocks that he's heating up and then pew pewing with yeah. his fingers. <laughs> but he comes in, he's like spoken like a total cunt, like, <laughs> like yeah, he's like, Scottish, so he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Yeah, and then and then they're like who the hell are you and then he and then he reveals i'm jamie the scottish guy yeah (laughs) um and now get the fuck away lassie from that lassie and he just fucking starts you know using his fingers as gun and directing them but what's interesting and i thought was great was was uh gundam style Mm -hmm. or jung he snatches it like total matrix style stops the bullet right before kills him and sends it back his way and and it's I love I love this dig. Nobody get nobody blindsides me twice. This isn't a Marvel movie. You don't get to win because you're nice. Fucking love that. <laughs> That's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's eight. There's eight of you and forty of us. Like you're gonna fucking die, basically. Yeah. <laughs> which is amazing. Love that part. But then all of a sudden, like the big twist happens, where you know the duplicate the duplicated power you kept on standby for your clients. <laughs> she stole it essentially uh-huh. and given the entire team aneurysms yep and everybody dies except die. <laughs> everybody dies but him and he doesn't care but the best part is she gets so angry yeah tune he be- yeah <laughs> yeah gets so angry that she uppercuts the shit out of him and literally his fucking skull is removed from his body his skeleton like, comes out his skeleton like, yeah it's like fucking, like <laughs> and annihilates. his skin is just there yeah oh my god it's insane and then we so get to insane. see it on the next page just on the ground and it's just like this bloody yeah. mound of like half a person like it's just yeah it's fucking nuts yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like i only wanted to knock him out <laughs> yeah because well he was well that was the whole thing is he he's bragging about how strong he is and how smart he is and shit and then she uh she, she gives it his all and then she's like oh i yeah. really thought he would have like been able to take it to a degree you know <laughs> like but yeah. yeah she just murders yeah. him yeah and yeah that, so that basic- successful first adventure <laughs> Six, yeah i mean and basically from there then everybody celebrates raps has a good time jamie's uh jamie's in like a, a britain suit you know they yeah. gave him a, an official suit as well yeah he's, he's like, officially part, part so of the team it's getting bigger yep. than six people that's that's part of the conversation is how they're they're opening it up and they're yep. gonna get like a few other countries uh, they mentioned like japan and uh something else um i don't remember but yep. either way they're they're expanding the Here. team a bit yeah and here's the bullshit 
Yeah, this shit pissed Here's me off. Here's the bullshit where so, we find out. So this party that, that boy, they're yeah, their, their party that they're at is like a launch party for the team, right? And like, yeah, yeah. fucking goddamn it, the guy who we like, fucking Bob, the lovable boomer Bob, uh, fucking, uh, he he's talking to his son. Like we said in the last issue, he's this, uh, you know, running for a uh, you know official office type of dude, and uh, he has this really nice moment with his dad where he's like, yeah, he's like, look, I don't agree with what you what you say you are now but you know i respect it and i hope that you're happy like you know with your life now and stuff and then and then bob fucks up and he's like he's like oh i lied about that i'm not gay son i'm not gay i'm playing them because they're liberal idiots or whatever and i'm like god damn it bob yeah yeah (laughs) fuck seriously that sucks and then and then yeah it's basically it basically ends it says here's the thing end of volume one Yes. At the very, very end. And so, they contemplate getting uh, getting a token American. <laughs> yeah, what they yeah say that was pretty end. funny. And they have the nice picture of everybody. So do we think we're going to get another volume of this is the first question. So I'd say yes, just because he seems intent on exploring this one more. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. So have you read Big Game? We're in overall thoughts now, by the way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're in transition. Yeah. Uh, I've read issue one. Okay. I have only read this and the vampire book the nightclub, uh, the nightclub. yeah yeah that book was sweet i like that i need to check um, that one out i heard it was good from you mostly yeah it's, like it's yeah it's fun yeah it's a lot of fun i enjoyed well, it um yeah. so i have i am not caught up on big game so um, there's also a lot of stuff there yeah i won't spoil big game one because it's only halfway over so we don't know if anything that's happened is going to stick yet in the book, you know, like in the long term. But like if the ambassadors, it, it continues, I'd imagine they'd almost do it like this format anyway. So even if like even if our uh, entire team like survives through big game, like yeah. I imagine we're going to have the same case where he's going to introduce more people. And most of the issues are going to be character studies on like new characters, even though that might be a, a long term problem with this series if it is long running, because I kind of want to spend more time with just the characters I like that we have, you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I do think he's going to do more with this. He seemed really stoked on it. Plus the fact that it is so clearly a volume one, you know, like it's I imagine he's got more in the tank on this one. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. I guess we can both we both already said it. But uh, one of my first big questions was, all right, favorite issue based on the art. Who you got? Travis Sharst. It has to be yeah. issue three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what I was talking about in regards to the artist switch up. Uh, in this book um, that I found out. Uh, Miller has stated that this rotating artist uh, idea has been a goal of his for a while. And he said he wanted to get together all of his favorite artists that he knew Mm. he couldn't get to do a whole five, six issue miniseries with. So he would like convince them by being like, no, it's just one issue. That's all you got to do. You know, (laughs) like, and they're like, oh, okay. And so, but by its very nature, I think in terms of the artist switch, the story changes tone location and characters like almost every issue you know so the the artist rotation to me is kind of a brilliant idea for this because it also helps that like you know idea of like oh this is a different vibe a different city a different place different person and they have their own personalities exhibited through the art i just don't think that every artist was picked for the right character necessarily even though i do kind of think all these artists are you know, doing good work in this book. But um, how did you feel about the overall artist rotation? So, I mean, I, from a new reader person, I mean, I don't know, I, I guess I can't keep harping on the new reader because I've read a ton of comics now, but like, I like consistency personally. Mm-hmm. And I like the visual aspect of the consistency through arcs. 
just because it makes things easier and more grounded within the story to making sure I'm understanding everything correctly. Cause I just don't have as much experience as others in reading. So like visually is where I get grounded first. Mm -hmm. And when things change, like with people's faces slightly, it, it takes me a little bit longer to, I would say, digest it um, and making sure that I'm following the story in, in the right way. So for that, like I had a difficult time. I, I was okay reading month to month. And here's the difference, right? I was okay reading month to month because like- You had a month you buffer don't between. Read, yeah. <laughs> you have a month buffer between. You kind of remember vaguely what's going on and, and it's not bad. But like when I sat through it this time and I did my reread and I blew through all six issues- I found it troublesome and 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 like difficult to more to, jarring to read read through in in a volume format. So I like the idea and the concept around giving people a chance. Um, I liked obviously some artists more than others, but I do in, like the consistency. And I feel like there was an inconsistency around how things were done and and the rules that were in play, like the flashback scenes, for example, or cutting, flipping around timelines with like with that issue that was they, really really hard to follow they because all they all approached the it differently. Yeah. differently yeah. right <laughs> right and when you're used to an approach you're like oh they're gonna do this and then they don't do this and it's like oh is this a flashback is this not a flashback and like to me like i don't want to be spending time thinking about am i like comprehending the material you know the right way i want to enjoy it and yeah. once you once you kind of set up that flow for me like i like the consistency and if it's if it's if, you know if it changes after six issues or 10 issues like a, a proper arc or an extended arc does like i'm fine with that because then you just get grounded again yeah like when you're reading through longer runs but yeah you're kind of having to you're kind of having to uh learn the language of the book over again. and over again yeah it's uh, yeah. yeah i totally get that so i I struggled with it. Yeah. No, I, I think I think so, too. I mean, if I wasn't so familiar with like four out of these six artists already, you know, I would I, I think that's why the only reason I sort of have a leg up is that I know all most of these guys work already. So like I yeah. kind of know like what it's going to look like or what they're going to do, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and and I'm acquainted, especially with like Scalera, like I'm very acquainted with his storytelling language panel to panel and whatnot, you know, so yeah. that wasn't too big of a hurdle. But like. I do think it's an interesting thought exercise and it's fun to see played out, but I do agree with you where like, it's a little hard to get behind, like just because uh, when you're reading it all in one sitting, because it is like, you know, by nature, yeah. even if they were all doing great career defining work, they're, they're going to be uneven, you know, like yeah. they're not going to be, they're not going to do things the same. And I wouldn't want them to do things the same because they're different artists, you know, <laughs> but, but that's yeah. just a weird thing to get. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I will say too. Uh, the progression of this is more on like the, the writing side, but like the progression of the plot can seem a little stagnated mm. a bit because yeah, all these characters need to be introduced you know? and they all get very proper introductions besides Mexico for some reason. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but like the characters we spend time with, I like a lot, so it doesn't really bug me yeah. as much. But yeah, yeah. It, this book is kind of like the opposite of like Nemesis that he did or something like where it's like yeah. it's it's more akin to Huck or Magic Order or something like that. And, and it, he actually gives time to the characters instead of just constantly dumb action and, you know, edgy plots and stuff <laughs> and like. But uh, I, I don't know. Some of the characters to me, though, as much as I like some of them, others are pretty underdeveloped. I actually as much as mm -hmm. we got with Chun-Hee at the end, like I was kind of expecting more 
you know, and, and, and maybe we'll see more. I, I, I'm sure we will in the future, at least with that character. But um, speaking of which, did you have a favorite uh, character? Um, I, I liked the the mother son. I liked them a lot. Duo? I like India a lot, too. I like yeah. him. He and was India cool. was dope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like though. Yeah, I would say those. The, I would agree with you there. Those are probably two that I gravitated the most towards just because like India brought me back to like the whole college high school you know thing with girls and i was like oh that you know like when they when they hit a when they hit hit something for you in your own personal life where you can relate to it like i feel like that's the best part and then same thing with the with the mother son duo you know with me having two kids i any any of that shit is just like it, it, it hits me yeah, no, I totally get that. I I love the the quaintness of the mother son duo, like that they're just a sidekick and a, and a hero like duo. I I really like that. Um, that's that's just like super cute, you know, <laughs> and and wholesome. Um, I guess really, I, I and I had asked you if you had been reading Big Game, uh, because we were talking about how right like what the Crossover. future of this book might be, you know, <laughs> whatnot, right. and uh, right. and I don't want to make any um you know, assumptions considering that at the time of this recording, uh, big game is still ongoing. So like, we don't know how it's going to pan out, but, uh, I'd be, I'd be very interested to see what the ambassadors are going to look like post that, if that has any relevance or if he's just kind of, kind of, you know, reset things after the fact, but we'll see, you know, um, so far it's been fun thing. The main thing I wanted to ask you, Marty, before I ask you the big question that we always ask, where does this rank with the rest of Mark Miller's catalog that you've read? Is it like up there in like the top stratosphere? Or is it kind of in the middle or at the bottom? Like overall, what you think? So, so I guess the only books from Mark Miller, I think that I've read. You've read Nightclub. Nightclub, this one, and Superman. Superman. Oh, Superman Red Sun. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, That'd be hard. I haven't read Nightclub yet, but I know you said you liked it quite a bit. And I and I dig Red Sun quite a bit too. I... Uh, let me look real quick. Yeah. <laughs> 47. Jesus Christ. Uh, you, I, I really got to get back and like look through Nemesis and other things because Nemesis is a part of big game and he's a big that part character's, of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That character's kind of cool. He's, um, he's, he's way better <laughs> in the new series <laughs> that he put out the, uh, uh, Nemesis reloaded with, uh, Jorge Jimenez. So I would say like, I like as a see here. Here's where it gets tricky, because as a whole, right, with the writing plus the art and on reread of this thing, it doesn't flow well. Like we've talked about this earlier. Yeah, it doesn't it was kind flow of better, as well with the art. Yeah, it was a bit of a so better was, monthly book. Yeah, than, than it is in all in. Um, God, well, I only have three books, so it's in my top three. True. <laughs> yeah, sure enough, sure enough. Well, and I, and I don't even think that's a bad endorsement because I mean we've we've kind of sang a lot of praises for this book for as many critiques as we've had of like you know its execution. Yeah. Uh, I think we both can agree it's a uh, it's a very solid idea and it's um yeah you know had a lot of characters and a lot of great moments. It was more just like an overall thing was a uh, it was a little little rocky for the concept, but I appreciate it for what it is at least you know, but. But so yeah. rever- reverse that. What about you? Because you have read, you're a Mark Millar truther. <laughs> you love, you love everything he does. And I've, I'm had, sure a, you've I've read had a love hate relationship with Mark Miller, but well, yeah, like, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, um, oh, yeah, that's right. I do, I do like a lot of his stuff. Um, I'd say this is probably in the middle for me because it's not, yeah. um, it's not a part of like the really edgy, like, you know, shit that just like, I'm like ashamed that I read when I was younger, almost like, 
<laughs> for him. But like it's but it's also it it doesn't quite reach the peaks of like the stuff that I think is super good that that he's done, especially in recent years, like the Magic Order and, you know, stuff like Huck. And uh, I mean, even Wanted, which I, I recently reread, um, is very uh, cringy and very edgelordy, but I still I have a sentimental value towards that book, so it would probably go above that. But like it, it'd be a solid like in the middle for me, I think. You know, it's a it, it's okay. good. And, and and that Travis Sharst issue, that issue three is fucking worth it alone. It's so good. Like, oh. just a, <laughs> but yeah, well, that, that issue fucking rules. It is. It is great. Yes. <laughs> but uh, all right, Marty. Well, let's just hit it with the uh, the old question is that uh, Ambassadors Volume One. Would that be a pull or a drop for you overall? It it's better as a monthly. Yeah, it really is. And this one's kind of hard. Like I it is kind of <laughs> it like. You asked me when I was pulling it monthly, I was enjoying it monthly. Mm-hmm. You asked me on, on reread, like, I don't, I, I think uh, it has a Halloween effect, right? It's not, I would almost say it's, you pick up on more shit the second time that you read it, which was intriguing, like the little, um, you know, kind of references to Nixon and other historical events and other things, which I, which I uh, really appreciated. Um, I enjoyed it as a story, yeah. but it's kind of hard to read it as a volume one so like if readers uh, well let me, i love the concept though let me put you know, it this like, way I, it's hard it's in the middle yeah yeah well let me put it this way um would you read a volume two if it comes out monthly yeah and he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> i wonder well, I if mean, he i wonder if he would do the so, same thing if he would have the multiple artist yeah. thing again or if he would so, streamline it yeah and that's what i'm really curious about like here here's what i'll say i will Volume two, I will give an honest to God shot because I love the concept. I love the story. I think the characters are dope. Um, I think there's some really good, good points that, you know, I think there are worse books that I can spend $3 on. For sure. Um, yeah. So I would definitely say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to give volume two a try when it comes out for sure. I think but that's, that's we'll, very fair. We'll see. Yeah. I, I totally think that's fair. Um, well, all right. Well, we can go ahead and we'll wrap her on up then. Uh, there you have it, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to support this podcast, please check our, our Patreon at patreon.com slash none of my friends like comics. You get bonus podcasts, movie commentaries, and you get this show early for as little as a dollar a month. It's never expected, but it's always appreciated. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at no comic friends for updates. Email the show at none of my friends like comics at gmail.com. Mark it okay to air. We'll read your thoughts on the air. Be sure to check out now. Listen to this. That's a music podcast where me and some buddies from this show uh, dissect albums. And lastly, uh, if you like the show, please tell your friends and family who might be interested to give us a listen. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Marty, tell the people one more time where they can find you. I'm at Marty Stoked on basically all social media platforms. And uh, check out nerdinitiative.com for all your weekly comic book reviews. I'm reviewing uh, at least one book a week, sometimes more than one. And um, my fellow collaborators are, are also reviewing a ton of great books. And there's a ton of good stuff coming out there, um, along with live shows on Tuesdays. Those come out uh, Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, and you can join in on the show and, and uh, chat. I'm generally not there, but uh, the the hosts are and the other folks in, from the Nerd Initiative bullpen are awesome. So highly recommend checking that out as well. Awesome. Well, yeah, man, we'll link all that in the show notes. Thanks again for coming on the show again, Marty. We will definitely have you back again soon. Uh, Maybe talk another Mark Miller book. I don't know, but (laughs) we'll see. (laughs) Might as well. Yeah. Well, thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll see you on the next page. Mm